Welcome back, everyone, into a really special episode of Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. We are welcoming back the actor, creator, and podcaster, Sean Hayden, who was on our show originally to talk about his show, Stage Combat, A Mental Health Story. And he's back again today as season two is getting ready to premiere on July 25th. You can find this show anywhere you listen to podcasts. And it is a really profound show, very powerful, bringing a lot of attention to a subject that's not really discussed a lot. And it is a powerful story. It will leave you just riveted and agog and we 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 were just angered and <laughs> shocked by every episode so we're so honored to have sean back to talk to us about the upcoming season two so with that sean welcome to stay andrew it is so nice to be back with you i enjoyed our first conversation and we hadn't released an episode yet there was so much we were sort of on the dawn of everything and not knowing you know, how this was going to go over. And so it's so fitting and, and great to be back with you now that we're getting ready to, le to release season two. I have been waiting on bated breath because as we were talking before we started recording, every episode was just like a little bit more, another breadcrumb, another breadcrumb. And I thought, okay, maybe we'll like, we'll end season one with like the pinnacle of everything. And then we'll see what happened after. And when I rolled into the final episode, I was like, this is not the apex. We haven't gotten to the big moment but you're just like how does it get worse from here how how does it keep going from here so i have been waiting on bated breath to know where we go so when you reach out you're like here's when season two is coming i was like yes okay <laughs> i know when i'm going to be tuning in but you have this story has reached so many people it's been a global success a lot yeah. of reaching out to you i want to start by by you know talking about the reaction that we have heard from actors not just from here in the country, in the U.S., yeah. but around the world, has been amazing. The podcast is has the nerve, and so many people feel like the podcast is speaking for them. Can you kind of elaborate on on the response you've been getting from people about this? Yeah, you know, when you and I talked, I guess it was in May. It was just about a week before, you know, I was going to come public with all this. You know, after working on it for a year, just and you know, you know this. Anytime you do a podcast, you don't know. If anyone will listen, you hope they do. You hope that you just have a story that people gravitate to for some reason. And so, you know, I had no idea would people, would the story resonate with people? Um, and the, it, it has resonated. People are listening. And and I think, Andrew, I wondered if this was going to be a very New York-centric audience. And it is people all over the country. And as you said, all over the world. You know, and wherever there is theater, there are these problems that you're hearing in stage combat. You know, the podcast is resonating with people because the themes of working in the workplace and being bullied, working with a Chad type of person. So if you've listened to season one, you know what that means. Management not supervising their employees or providing a safe workplace, management not respecting the mental health. These are things that are resonating with actors all over the country, and they are upset. They are angry. They are shocked by the story. And many of them have just left the arts. That's what's heartbreaking, Andrew. 
many of them have just said to me, I just left the arts because I couldn't take it anymore. I couldn't take the industry in the condition that it was, you know? So where the industry is burning out artists by refusing just to provide them with safety. Safety is a base need. Dr. Elisa Hurwitz, one of the psychologists in our post-show talkbacks, you know, she says safety is such a base need. It's not even controversial, you know? So that's been the big shock. And, and then just from the story standpoint, people are, you know, the words I'm getting, they're angry, they're shocked. They find the story terrifying, frightening. So yeah, it's been a tremendous response and and I'm glad to see it resonates, but it's also very, it's disturbing to see why it's resonating. It's resonating because people out there are hurting and they've been hurt and there's, there's long-sustaining damage and trauma that's come out of, you know, not being kept safe in the workplace. Yeah. And that's, as we were speaking before, that's really starting and adding to a bigger conversation that is really good that it's it's gaining speed. It's not a one-time like, oh, we're going to throw this thought out there and hope for the yeah. best. It's really something that we're like, no, why aren't we? Not, not only are we, why aren't we talking about this, but why aren't we doing something about this? It's not just the story of Sean Hayden. Sean Hayden is telling a story, but is, you know, someone explained it to me. Stage Combat and Mental Health Story is a whistleblowing podcast on the industry. It happens to take place where I was employed, but it's a whistleblowing, groundbreaking, industry-shaking podcast about what is wrong with the industry. And that's why it's resonating with so many people. Yeah. Can you talk about some of the biggest surprises that that have, you've seen or you've had since the first series, the first seasons come out? Well, you know, I was just surprised because, you know, I, I told you when we when we spoke before, I, I recognized the privileged position that I was telling the story as a white cisgender male, you know? So, you know, the the mental health struggles I face, you know, can be far worse for marginalized communities. So I didn't expect for, for people of all identities, all communities to be reaching out to me and finding something that resonated with them. I remember when we spoke, you asked me, what did I hope would happen? And I and I said, I hope people feel seen somehow in the podcast. So, uh, I mean, that was the surprise to me. Is it a lot of men who are reaching out and saying, "Hey, uh, you know, you're you're helping me as a as a male identifying person as a guy to acknowledge my mental health struggles or to speak up or to get, get help"? That is happening. But I'm hearing from people from all over. You know, I'm also hearing from people who, including one of our voice actors who was in, you know, at the studio with me that when I, they're saying, when I heard the podcast, it made me realize it took me back to a prior event on the job. And now I realize I was having a panic attack. I didn't know that at the time I knew I was in distress, but I didn't recognize it as that. And so now they're revisiting and realizing, realizing what caused that it was caused by some sort of harmful practice or condition that was on the job. So it's interesting by me showing sort of what I went through, people are are kind of going back through their own personal experiencing experiences and connecting the dots, connecting the dots. That's fantastic. You know, I mean, it's not fantastic that they're they're having this realization and, and having to relive that, but it's fantastic that your show has been able to shine a light or or give people the strength to kind of go to to start to heal to start to recognize those things yeah and that was always what my goal was i didn't know if i could accomplish that andrew i i 
you know, it was never to just tell my story. It was by bringing in the health professionals that my story would be a window to a broader conversation. And I know you have really enjoyed those post-show talkbacks, you know, that come after the episode because it, one, it kind of helps you decompress because those episodes are very intense, but it does, you know, it does kind of help you kind of think about things in a broader sense to perhaps think about what's going on in your own life, what has happened to you on past jobs. And I think, and particularly Dr. Lisa Hurwitz, I know everyone adores on the podcast, you know, she, and she's so direct, right? She just really goes right to the heart of it. So I know those talkbacks are, are, are really mean a lot to people and we will have those back in season two. Oh, fa- fantastic. And that is a great kind of transition because I want to talk a little bit more about season two, which is premiering on July 25th. Can you tell us a little bit more about season two? Well, we're we're sort of taglining season two of Stage Combat and Mental Health Story as the fallout. So in season one, um, you know, we showed you, we opened with my body on the floor after I collapsed. And then we worked our way back to show you how that happened, like a true crime podcast. The podcast has been described as it's a mental health story told like a true crime podcast wrapped in a juicy backstage theater tale. So <laughs> how's that for an elevator pitch? You know, I love uh, that. <laughs> it is exactly what it is. So, so, you know, we showed you in a slow burn, not only how that happened, but I wanted to show you how moment to moment how things go wrong in a workplace, how one failure builds on another. So that by the time you get to where the protagonist, which happens to be me, collapses, you're like, oh yeah, he collapsed. Of course he did. Now, what we're going to see in season two is what is the fallout from that? So it will be me going back to the opera house after I've collapsed. What is the effect on my health? What is my employer doing or not doing to keep me safe? And what eventually happens at the opera house, but it's an epic season. It, it covers a three and a half year period because we're going to go beyond my life after the opera house all the way through April of 2023. But the opera house and the Goodspeed opera house is going to be very much a part of that story through every episode. Wow. Now, what was it like developing season two compared to season one? Well, you know, we learned a lot in season one. <laughs> you know, I never made a podcast. And I think you and I talked about this. I chose to do the most difficult kind you can do. <laughs> you know, I chose to do serialized nonfiction. And then let's also do conversations with mental health people. So we learned a lot. So we were able to, in season two, to make better decisions earlier, you know, but it's also, it's a bigger season. It's 11 episodes versus nine. These episodes are a little bit longer than the other ones. And we became more ambitious in the sound design because season two really is the mental health story. It really is what happens. And I told you this early on, this isn't just the story about someone who had one panic attack. That panic attack dramatically altered my health for the next three and a half years. So we really wanted to show through sound design what I experienced or what someone experiences having a mental health crisis, a disorder, and to show the whole arc of that through a three and a half year period. So I'm really proud of these episodes. But what I will say, you know, the story, you know, things get worse. Season one was really just the precursor to what happened in my story. 
And so, you know, telling that kind of story and, you know, it's a very dramatic story in season two. So that had its own set of challenges. We were also continually aware that the story involves a very powerful organization. So we had to continue to be very meticulous and careful with our scripts, with our accuracy, footnoting the scripts with every document, every email, every text, running them through our attorneys. So, you know, we always had that pressure as well because things do get so bad in the story. So we just have to really be careful to dot our I's, cross our T's to make sure that we were telling everything in a truthful and meticulous manner, as you would want to do with any story. Right. So you mentioned that this this season is much, you know, it's 11 episodes. It's bigger than than the first season. The episodes are longer. What all can audiences expect from this new season? Well, the story's going to pick up right where we left off. So, you know, I don't want to give any spoilers. If you haven't listened to season one, if you haven't, there's nine episodes for you to binge. It seems like so many people, they send me a message and say, I started last night and binged all nine. So, you know, it's a very bingeable podcast series. But we're going to pick up right where I left off. So at the end of season one, I get drove off from the opera house and then I'm going to go back to work and we'll pick up from there. And 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 we're going to see, you know, what happens with Chad, what happens with the stage manager, what happens with management, what happens with my health? Does my condition continue to get worse? Do things happen that aggravate that condition? And what is the fallout from you know, we we set that up in season one, how that happened. So if, if any of our listeners are listening, they know what I'm talking about. They know how that collapse happened, that collapse happened. So, you know, what is the continu- continuation of that story? And then, you know, going back to life in New York City, after I finished the run of that, that show, after I finished the run of Billy Elliot, you know, it's me trying to come to terms because I'm not the same person as I was before I went into the opera house. You know, something is very different about me. I went into the opera house as one version of Sean and I came out with, you know, a panic and anxiety disorder. So you'll see me dealing with that. So like I said, that season two really is the mental health story of stage combat, a mental health story. Yeah. Now, what is the message of the thought that you're hoping that the listeners, the audiences will take away from season two this time? Well, I think they're messages that people are already taking away. You know, like I said, the story does get worse. And I want to, I want audiences to ask, how did this happen? And why did it happen? I want audiences to ask, you know, how do we ensure that this doesn't happen in another place of employment? And I want particularly actors to ask themselves, how do I protect myself? Not only from this sort of job situation. Let's be clear what happens in stage combat could happen in any job. You know, I think that's what's frightening. And when I get comments like this is terrifying, I'm hearing about this happening in other job situations. It's not limited to the theater. But let me tell you something that's really amazing, Andrew. We have acting instructors and teachers reaching out to us. They've heard the podcast. And they're making the podcast required listening for their young actors. And the reason they are doing that is they don't want their actors to fall into the situation that I did, but they also want to teach them the lesson of how to stand up for their mental health. That's more than I could ever dream of, you know? 
if somehow this podcast is going to prevent some young person to not go through the last three and a half years that I did, you know, every hour in the recording studio is worth it. And so that's what I want people to take away, you know, and also how can, how can I, maybe I change the way I think about mental health? You and I talked about that. You know, that's how the podcast started. Cause people said, I didn't think this would happen to someone like you. Remember I was talking about that. So I said, okay, fine. I'll show you how it can happen. Let me dramatize it. You know? So those are all the things I hope people take away from season two. Is there any hint or can we get a hint of a possible season three of the show or will it just end at season two? Well, my personal story about what happened at the opera house will conclude in season two. So, and I certainly hope so after 20 episodes, right, Andrew? <laughs> I mean, that's quite a story. So, you know, and I will say this, it it really is, you know, it was just, it's my life, but it's, I think for the listeners, it's a really, despite all the bad things that, that happen in the story, it's a very satisfying arc. We're exploring some possibilities for season three, whether that's to continue to have mental health conversations where we are telling someone else's story or whether we're partnering with other podcast producers, something along the lines of an investigative podcast, which Stage Combat is an investigative podcast. It just happens to be about my life. That could be in the theater or it could be in other venues as well. Very cool. So there's, there's definitely a future for the show. It's not necessarily going to end. Boom. I hope not. I hope not. I think the podcast has meant a lot to people. And even, you know, we've had a few bonus episodes, you know, since we concluded the nine episodes of the first season and people are listening to those, you know, where we did Q and a, we had Mari Harden on from Avenue Q, who's a mental health counselor and talk about mental health in the theater. So it's nice to see that uh, people want to hear just the conversations as well. So we're going to listen to our listeners and see what they want and just kind of also where the opportunity presents itself. And, and you know, one of the nice things is, you know, I, I kind of found out I can, I can do a podcast. <laughs> you know, I didn't I didn't know anything about it before. And I and I, you know, you know, there's a lot of trauma in doing this, but I love the process of it. I love what it took to put the story together and to produce it. And so, yeah, I think it's something I'd like to continue doing. always on our show we like to give our listeners a chance to get to know our guests a little bit more on a personal level and of course we've had you on before so i'm going to ask a few different questions and dive a little deeper i want to start by asking you how did you come into the performing arts i came into the performing arts because people told me i wasn't supposed to do it I did. I did. And here's the the earliest thing was I remember being in first grade and it was the Christmas play. And the 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 teacher just picked who was going to be in the play. I was like, that's not democratic. So <laughs> I and I went up to her and said, Hey, I want to be in the play. And she gave me the last half of the last line of the show. <laughs> and so and so what I got to say was like mother told us to. 
But then, you know, I it was just something innately I wanted to always do. You hear this from actors, right? They never really wanted to do anything else. But, you know, I grew up in a very evangelical Baptist church and family. And I was told, I was literally told this, that acting was of the devil. <laughs> um we can laugh about it now, right? But it's pretty scary for a little kid, right? So, you know, I, I kind of had to always kind of fight my way, you know, into acting. And, you know, if you've listened to Stage Combat from the first episode, you know that I'm also a lawyer. So, you know, there's always, I've always had two careers. And so that was kind of frowned upon when I was working for other people. I worked for myself and have for some time. So there's always been those no's that make me say, why not? You know, so it's always been, and then it finally got to a point where, well, I'm not doing it because people said, no, I, I'm doing it because I can and it brought, and it brings me joy, you know, and hopefully we'll get back to that point where it does bring me joy because obviously the story of stage combat is what happens when it doesn't, right? <laughs> In a big way. So, yeah, that's, that's the disappointing part. You know, you hate to see the light get snuffed out, especially by such a horrible thing that you had to go through. That's, yeah, and it, and it also just comes back, and I just want to say, just in case, you know, so many of these actors that have written to me that, you know, because they've been bullied or their employers have really forced them out of their art, is don't accept that, you know? Find a way to express your art. It may not be at that theater. It may not be in the theater. But don't let the darkness from other people keep you from being who you are and expressing who you are, you know? And I hope that will also be the lesson from season two in stage combat. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's someone put that on a poster and hang that up. I love that. And you let's, know, that let's make a poster, Andrew. We can at least create a static <laughs> card on Instagram. Well, that is a good lead into one of my next questions, which is what changes are you most excited to see in the theater, either like in the in the near future or maybe in the long term? Yeah, let's talk. I mean, let's talk about the mental health aspect of it, right? Yeah. Because I do think there are things, you know, even though stage combat is a dark story, but there are positive things that every theater can be doing right now, you know? And and I think us as actors, we can take the lead on that. We can say we want this. So, you know, I think the first thing is that behavioral health consultants should be brought into creative teams and staffs so that, you know, these are mental health people so that there's someone, you know, not only to help the actors portray their roles, but they can guide them and give them resources, you know. I didn't have a behavioral health consultant on Billy Elliot, but if I had, someone could have said, hey, Sean's having a panic attack and he needs some help. You know, I think that's really important. I would love to see, you know, our theaters come out and and make statements in their mission statements about supporting mental health. You know, why not? I mean, that's, you know, the basis, <laughs> the basic ingredient of your of your what you're selling to the public is your artist on stage. I would love to see that. I would love to see that, you know, theater staffs are being receiving training to be sensitive to mental health issues. You know, we you and I have talked about the stigma that exists for mental health and it also exists in the theater, which we don't think it should, <laughs> because we're all about our emotions and our empathy. We're supposed to be anyway. So I'd like to see that. Yeah, so let's just kind of leave it at there. I think those are some things that every theater can can do right now that's only going to make everyone's lives better. So why not? I I love 
all of that. And in fact, as you were listing that, I thought, you know, I noticed that a lot, I'm seeing a lot more productions have intimacy coordinators yeah. on the show. You know, I spent my whole career playing, playing romantic leads and never once had an intimacy director. And it was just the director say, okay, and you two will, will kiss and make out here. That's, that's bonkers that we did that. Right. You know? It always I mean, felt weird when you had to do that. And you're like, I don't absolutely have nothing between us. How do I do this? I did a production of the bridges of Madison County and I'm in my underwear and Francesca's in a slip and we're on this bed that is not supported and we're bouncing and we both feel awkward because we're not really wearing anything. And so we're laughing out of nervousness. And I remember the director got mad at us <laughs> and there was no intimacy director. You know, so, you know, why wouldn't you think with this, the situation we're putting these two actors in? But you know what's great about intimacy directors? A lot of them actually have skills to work as mediators, right? Yes. So if you've heard the story of season one of Stage Combat, why wasn't someone with some skills brought in to resolve that situation? Boom. Now, if you had had an intimacy director on set to start with, but that's, you know, this is what I'm hearing a lot of the comments. A lot of the comments are from the bullying. There's a need for conflict resolution, you know? So this is going back to what the theaters can do. You know, if you're bringing in 30, 35 people for a big cast show, you're going to have something, you're going to have an issue. That's a lot of different energies. But just by having an intimacy director or someone skilled in conflict resolution, you need to anticipate that. You need to up your game in management so that you're ready to do that. And that's not something we had in my story. And, you know, it could have changed everything. Well, and the other thing that it made me think of, along with you mentioned training, especially with not just cast, but your crew and everything is, as I was listening to your story, it's not our place to tell someone what they are and aren't feeling, especially if we've never had something like that. So when I'm hearing mm -hmm. people dismiss what you're going through, I'm thinking we are yeah. not in a position to tell someone how they feel. That's yeah. discrediting someone. That's literally telling them you're wrong. Yeah. But yeah, in there's the, a couple defense of that person. They may not know any better. We need to give them their, those tools to be like, whether you think they feel this way or not, it's not your place to tell them how to feel. They're communicating yeah. what they feel to you. It's your job to take that information and yeah. do what you're trained to do. Yeah. There's a couple of parts. If you know, in season one, there's an incident where the air is knocked out of me. And the yeah. other actor wants to debate whether that happened. That's bonkers. Anyone in a who's done, you know, stage combat, it's not up for debate. <laughs> and then, you know, the management should see that and say, no, if he says he had the air knocked out of him, then let's fix what went wrong. But the other part of that, too, this just comes back to mental health. You know, if an actor collapses and tells management it happened because of this, then you need to listen to that. You know, and if you're not listening to that, then why aren't you listening to that? You know, Dr. Lisa Hurwitz, we ran a clip on her on social media and she says, you know, our job as human beings is just to listen, you know, take the questions out of your mind and just for a minute, listen, because the other person, they're an expert of what they're going through, not you, not someone else. They're the expert at what they're going through. So take the questions out of your mind for a moment. And just listen. Yes. And that's what makes us. And then it's, you know, there's a dynamic to that. We open up the space. It, it goes both ways, right? So it's only a positive. It goes both. You open up the space for them. They open up the space for you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I love that, that these are the things that you're 
you're excited about these changes that you're excited about for the theater. Yeah. And, you know, Alisa Hurwitz has said, but let's be realistic. The institutions are going to be resistant to it. You know, change is hard. So we need to say we want the change. We need to, to demand the change. You know, we all have emails of theaters. We can very respectfully say, I, I would like to see this. I would like for you to see this when you do your shows, you know, or as audience members, you know, wouldn't you feel better paying for a ticket when you felt like the performing artists were being protected and cared for it? And if you knew they weren't, does it change your decision about where you're spending your money? Theater tickets are not cheap. We know that, you know? So I think this is a way that we can all be advocates, not only as audience members, but as performing artists. And then we'll start to see change, but we've all got to speak up and we've got to be aggressive about it. But again, let's be respectful about it. You know, there's a, there's a respectful manner to do that and, and say, yeah, we, this is what we would like to see. Yes, 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 yes. Another great poster that we need. To make. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Andrew. I've got a new side job. <laughs> We'll just do an episode where Andrew and Sean write posters. Yes, done. Yeah, yeah. it's a mini <laughs> bonus episode. <laughs> now, it has been a couple months since we've spoken, and I'm just wondering, have you seen any great theater that you might be able to recommend to our listeners? I have not. I have not. And I, you know, to be fair, as I told you, that's very much part of the story of Stage Combat in season two. But I have just been in the recording studio every day, working on season two, getting it ready for everybody. So that's where my focus has been. But I understand Back to the Future is a lot of fun. And your wife is involved on that production. She is. Yes. yes. It is a very cool show. It is a good time, I hear. Yes. If you go for no other reason, go see The Flying DeLorean. I mean... Go relive the 80s. The 80s were mostly a good time, sort of. Yeah. You know, listening to stage combat, it's very intense, okay? But then if you need something lighter after that to take you out of it, go see Back to the Future, where Andrew's wife is working on crew. (laughs) Yes, I love it. Well, I'd love to know, I mean, we asked you last time for your favorite theater memory. Is there another theater memory that you might be able to share with us? Yes, yes. I had just been cast in the national tour of the Lightning Piazza, which was running at Encores, and I, but I had not seen the show. I didn't know anything about it. So don't ask me how I got cast. And so I went to see it at Lincoln Center. I went to see it on a matinee. And I, I was sitting in the very last, I was listening to the very last song between Clara and Fabrizio, you know, and I don't know, I'm sure some of your listeners have had this experience where you just start crying because the beauty of the music. It's not even what's happening on stage, but the beauty of what Adam Gettle wrote. It's so glorious. Like it almost sounds like it's from another planet, you know? And I was so moved by the music that when I came out and the lights went, you know, went up, my shirt was stained with tears. And I'm in the lobby. And I'm talking to some of the other, I'm meeting some new cast members that were cast. And a gentleman puts his hand out and says, hi, my name is Adam Gettle. And I'm standing there with a soaking wet shirt. (laughs) And so I had to explain to him (laughs) 
why I'm sitting there. I, I don't know how I cried that much. Um, uh, but that was a awkward but wonderful theater memory. And it is a glorious score, right? And I got to hear it on tour over and over and over again and never got tired of hearing it. So That is incredible. Wow. I love that. I absolutely love that. That is just a wonderful memory. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. Beautiful. Well, I know you've been busy with Stage Combat, a mental health story, season two, but are there any other projects or productions you've got coming on the pipeline that we might be able to plug? Well, no. I mean, like I said, we're going to see there's possibly some opportunities in the podcast world when season two finishes. So we'll see what happens there. I'm also looking forward to the last episode of season two will drop at, at the end of August. So, you know, it is a summer listen and I'm actually looking forward to just having some time with my husband. <laughs> so, you know, when you're doing something like this, you're always simultaneously writing and editing and listening and re-editing. So I'm actually looking, it's been quite a roller coaster since we started this in April of 2022, not to mention when this all started in 2019. So I'm looking forward to some downtime with my husband in the fall and then sort of, you know, take a, take a, take a new look at life then. That'd be wonderful and a well-deserved break. Well, finally, if our listeners want to get more information about Stage Combat, a mental health story, or more information about you, maybe they'd like to reach out to you. How can they do that? Well, the best way is on Instagram at Stage Combat the Podcast IG. You can direct message us. I do read all the messages and to all of our listeners and followers. I, I read those personally. So feel free to reach out to us. You can all also email us at stage combat the podcast at gmail.com. And of course, the podcast is available at all the directories. Season two comes out on July 25th. And Andrew, I just want to thank you for being such a, an advocate for the podcast. And you seem to really, you know, before we even had an episode, you really got what I was trying to do with the podcast, what we were trying to do. And I thank you so much. You know, I want to say that Andrew, his podcast and on stage blog, these are the two theater media outlets and podcasts that are talking about stage combat. We would love to see more of the theater community. Join us because I know our listeners, our followers, I know your listeners, Andrew, care about mental health in the theater, and we're not going to stop talking about it. So it'd be great if everyone would have an honest conversation about what we're trying to do in stage combat. But Andrew, you're a champion for you know what we're trying to do, and, and I'm grateful, and I know our listeners and our followers are grateful. And a lot of our listeners have come to the podcast because they heard our interview on Stage Whisper, so we appreciate that. Oh, thank you so much for that. Those are, thank you for those kind words. They mean the world. So thank you. And we are, we are huge advocates for mental health. We are big fans of your show and for what you're doing. It's very courageous. It's, it's not easy to, to speak out against such a large entity, if you will, especially in yeah. such a small community. The theater world is such yeah. a small community. So it's very courageous. Yeah. It's very bold. It's brave. And, you know, when you walk out kind of in no man's land, someone needs, someone's got to get your back. And when you got nothing to lose and everything to gain, why not? 
you know. Yeah, so- and you've had my back and all of our listeners and followers. You know, I've 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 gotten so much support from them and and I want them to know that I have their back and I'm sure, you know, there's so many people that really want to stand up for people who are who have been bullied and or, or or you know have had problems with their mental health and you know they want to make things better so let's all get on the same train yes absolutely i that, think that's another poster i was just about to say i'm like we got three yes <laughs> well sean thank you so much for coming yeah, back it's such and my pleasure this was amazing i can't wait to tune in for season two so thank you very much thank you andrew My guest today has been the actor, creator, and podcaster, Sean Hayden, whose show Stage Combat, A Mental Health Story, is having season two premiere on July 25th. And you can find that anywhere you listen to podcasts. We will be listening every week as a new episode drops. So join us as we tune in and hear more of Sean's epic and heroic and horrific journey through his mental health crisis at the Goodspeed Opera House. But this is just such a phenomenal show. And if you're struggling with mental health or if you've been in a situation with bullying or what have you, this is a great show that can offer you not only a relatable experience, but also tools to help you navigate these terrible, terrible things. It's a wonderful show. So make sure you tune in to Stage Combat, A Mental Health Story. Season two is premiering July 25th. You can also follow the show on Instagram at Stage Combat, the podcast IG. You can reach out to them that way. You can also email them at stagecombatthepodcast at gmail.com. Sean sees all the messages and he writes back. He's very, very interactive with anyone that reaches out to him. So Tune in, join us as we tune in, join the discussion, and let's make the theater a better place for mental health and for everyone. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you. The lights of all-